you're listening to a special episode of the Doggeritaville podcast. Come unleash and unwind as we invite other dog professionals to our yappy hour. Here are guests from the show by picking not only the beverage, but their favorite dog topic as well. So grab a yummy cocktail, get comfy in your best chair, and join us for a chat. And as always, welcome to Doggeritaville. Welcome to the first edition of the Doggeritaville Yappy Hour, where we unleash and unwind with other professionals. Our first Yappy Hour guest is Brett Bailey, a professional dog trainer in New York City. Brett, welcome to Doggeritaville. And All thank right. you for being our first guest. This is exciting. <laughs> this is exciting. I'm happy to be here. This is really exciting. What's going on? Hello, everybody. Have, have you been on a podcast before? Um, yes, I actually have. I just don't remember. It was uh, a podcast for a specific rescue organization. Okay. Well, hopefully ours is more memorable for you. <laughs> yes, it will be. Well, that was year, it was years ago. That's why. Okay. That's gotcha. <laughs> uh, so for our listeners, you might be wondering where Laura is. And long story short, she's weird and antisocial and allowing me to take the reins on the Yappy Hour project. <laughs> so it's just me today. And if Laura is your favorite host, then I'm so sorry about that. It's okay. Um, so to give background on Brett from my perspective, why I wanted to interview him as a guest, um, I found Brett on TikTok, which that's another reason Laura isn't here is because she mercilessly makes fun of me for being on TikTok all the time. Um, but your video where you were working with a dog right outside of an apartment building, um, and it was a reactive dog actively reacting to things. And then you were able to switch it to be interested in food. I was yes. like totally blown away by that. And so I actually, um, hired Brett to teach me (laughs) for a session. So we talked for an hour about all of that good stuff. And he just has a lot of really awesome things to say. So that is why Brett is our first guest. However, Brett is being a really boring first guest because we're allowing people to pick their yappy hour beverages and he has picked water. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, uh, the thing is, water, let me tell you about water, okay? I'm going to tell you something about myself. Water is special to me because water is one of the three beverages that I have actually had, and I'd want to say since 2013. No, I was not an alcoholic. That's not, I'm not off the wagon. That's not what it was. But um, what happened was I actually, I randomly just gained a ton of weight. And I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't fit into any of my clothes. And uh, the first thing I did was cut out soda, Snapple, and everything. And um, the only thing I drank was water. And uh, that's why I have, I have a, a water, a, um, water, two water fountains <laughs> in my apartment. So I don't even drink out of a bottle. So that's what I'm drinking today. Really? Like, like a water fountain like you'd find in a shopping mall? No, like the uh, water dispenser that you find in a... Uh, you know, the water dispenser right there. Oh, like a water cooler. Yeah. I, yeah. I have two, two water dispensers. Alrighty. Well, I've heard that New York tap water is good. It actually is. <laughs> yeah, no, the tap water is amazing. It's the piping. I don't trust. Sure. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So oh, well. our, our first little segment that we're going to do is called who do you think you are and what gives you the right? <laughs> and basically that's, that's, um, that's our really aggressive way of asking you about yourself. <laughs> so uh, my first question for you is who are you in the dog world? Like what's your business? What do you do? Okay. So my business is called who's a good boy industries. 
uh, and I am a pet dog trainer. I don't even want to say I specialize because that sounds like I think I'm better than anybody else, right? But the main, the main things that I work on and what's in my lane is fear, aggression, puppies. You give me any of those three, and I'm very comfortable. You call me up for obedience, I, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna go on YouTube. I'm gonna think what's going on here. But uh, but yeah. So basically, I work with fear, aggression, and puppies. Now the thing is, in the canine industry, there's so much work for dog trainers. So if you're a dog trainer and you're not busy right now, then then you need to then you need to really figure it out. And because there's so much work, dog trainers have the, have the luxury of choosing what kind of business they want. So it's really difficult for people who have dogs that suffer from fear, aggression to find somebody. Puppies, you can mm -hmm. find anybody. Everybody loves puppies, right? You know, but, <laughs> but, but with fear and aggression and, and, and I'll be honest, that's, um, it's, it's, I find that more, um, rewarding per se when you help, when you help a dog that suffers from fear and aggression. So, uh, who do I think I am? I think I'm the guy in the New York city that deals with those things. <laughs> that's all I am. Nothing more. Awesome. So do you work on things like if someone calls you for a less intense sort of behavior mod, like, I don't know, separation anxiety or something, or just like general reactivity, do you do all that kind of stuff too? I do. I'll, I'll be honest with separation anxiety. I, I, I really try to refer out, but I'll offer a zoom session for separation anxiety. Cause I do have a good program, but separation anxiety, unfortunately is the one thing that is I think that's I think that's the biggest struggle for anybody because the science behind that is so difficult to, to you know the truth behind how to help it is really hard to hear you know what I mean mm -hmm. so uh, so it's really there's no proof where separation anxiety came from so there's no actual proof on how to help it you know so that's really yeah I, I try I try to stick with fear aggression reactivity you know same same ballpark and puppies. And when you say programs, like, do you have uh, like a specific, like, um, like an online thing that people will go and they'll do all the exact same thing, like a course or. That's funny. You say that we are going to be launching one very, very soon. It's in the making. So yes, I have, a, I have a specific program that is, I don't want to say it's not a cookie cutter, but you could really match it with many dogs and, and obviously tailor it a little bit and it's going to, it's going to make magic happen. You know what I mean? So awesome. we are turning, yeah, we're turning that into an online platform. I have an ethologist who, you know, as the, the on her TikTok handles, the jungle Luke and another dog trainer named Dogman Dylan. And both of them are working on that with me. And uh, it's great to have an ethologist on our team because then they can validate that all the science that I'm talking about actually means something. <laughs> yeah. Or at least like know how to find out. Exactly. Yeah. She's um, someone that I have lined up as a guest too. And I'm really excited to talk to her. I don't know what I want to have her talk about though. There's like such a wide range of things that she could speak on. She's really smart. So you have to, you have to, you have to make sure you lower her, you, 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 you bring her in back to English. Okay. Because she uses <laughs> big words. She uses big words. So if your listener knows big listeners, no big words, and that's great, but you definitely have to keep her in lane. <laughs> yeah either way i don't know the big words so i will have to make her rephrase yeah, everything no me, me and you both me and you both i'm with you on that so uh so now that we know who you are in the dog world who are you when you're not working with dogs and that's an interesting question because i'm really i'm gonna be honest i'm working right now i'm working almost seven days a week you know mm. it's not i don't really i don't really get many breaks but when i'm not working pretty much i'm at the gym with people i care about 
taking care of my dog and just doing the, the healthy stuff, you know, decompression. I'm very, very, very big into health and wellness. I used to be a strength coach. I used to be, um, I also used to be a white type fighter, but you knew that because I, right. We talked yeah, about Yeah. Cause now. you kick really high. Yeah. <laughs> I kick really high. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, aside from that, I just do those things. Cause that's my, that's, you know, anything that has to do with health and wellness, you know, and is dancing a hobby for you or is it like something that you did professionally at some point or no, 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 I didn't do it professionally. Thank you for that. But, um, no, I, I did dance for many, many years. I, that was, that was a while ago. I probably stopped dancing about four years ago. I probably did it for about 10. And I, I, when I say dancing, I was, I was going out dancing like five days a week. I took classes. I taught classes. It was uh, great. And it, for the your listeners, we're talking about salsa. Okay. Nice. On, on, on two. That's what I did. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. he does have a video of that on his TikTok if you want to go through and find it. <laughs> yep. So um, so I know that you have a personal dog. Um, so tell me about her. All right. So Nala. Now here's the deal. I wanted, I wanted to rescue a white male pit bull puppy. I was so excited about that. And I went to every shelter because a lot of people don't know, but white dogs, that's a pig that actually, um, that's a sign that's, that's connected with a pigmented pigmentation that's associated with dogs going deaf. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Back nine years ago, pit bulls were flooding every shelter. You know what I mean? So I'm like, wow, if I could get a white pit bull, you know, a male, males are stubborn. I'm like this dog, I'm going to save this dog because this dog may be rescued. And it's probably going back. Because a lot of people can't handle that, right? This was my vision nine years ago. And I found the white male pit bull puppy after looking at 16 different shelters. I was playing with it. Meanwhile, another dog kept jumping on my lap. And I kept mm. putting it off my lap and putting it off my lap. And finally, I let the dog just stay on my lap while I was playing with the white male pit bull puppy. Then we're doing the paperwork for him. I'm so excited. I signed for it. I paid the money. And they take the white pit bull puppy away from me. And they congratulate me for the dog that's on my lap. <laughs> I was I was mortified. I was like, but this isn't my dog. They're like, the dog that was on your lap wasn't the one. No. So I got really upset. I didn't talk to my dog for like the first two weeks. I was like, oh, you wanted to come with me? I'm gonna treat you like you're deaf. And I didn't talk. I didn't sit. And uh, and that was Nala. And nine years later, now she's like my helper dog. So that's what's so is up. that how you uh, is that how you came up with your program where you don't talk to the dog for a while because you practiced it? <laughs> <laughs> close, <laughs> very close so to funny. that, but yeah, right. So she's was she a puppy at the time? So she's nine now. She, I got her at three months, and she's nine now. Yep. Okay. So it's about that time for another puppy. And uh, she helped. She's your helper dog. So does she help you with like like testing dogs to see how they do with other dogs, stuff like that? Uh, yeah, she does. She's the proofing stage of the re, uh, when I work with reactivity and aggression. If you're working with um, to all your listeners, if you're trying to work your dog in front of another dog, the other dog has to be neutral. Meaning, Nala knows when we work with another dog, there's, it doesn't look at the other dog. It doesn't engages the other dog. It doesn't try to smell the other dog. It just focuses on doing whatever it's doing. So that allows the other dog, takes pressure off the other dog. And the dog that, that may be, you know, reacting can actually focus on being more curious. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I have yes, uh, two husky mixes. Um, the older one is 13 and he is my neutral dog. So he's like the first one that I bring out for leash reactivity. And then I have one who's six who will like look at them and be like, oh, I'm so interested. <laughs> and so then we bring him out for like, you know, when we're like, okay, I think that we're ready to move on to something more tough. There um, you go. But yeah, my 13 year old, I don't know what I'm going to do when he is no longer here. Like he's just the perfect test well, dog. That's yeah. And, and I, I want, I'm getting a puppy soon because I need Nala to teach my new dog how to do things. Okay. Do you know That's, where you're getting it from? Like, do you have any info? Uh, I'm putting the word out. I'm talking to people. Um, I got, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough market. I, I want something health tested. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes so sense. We're, yeah. So that's, that's, it's, it's a, you know, controversial topic. Breeders versus rescue. This one, I rescued Nala. This one, I may go to a breeder, you know? Okay. Nice. Um, okay. And by the way, nothing on Dog Readville is controversial, but we're just, we dive right in. So don't worry about yeah. it. Okay, good. Oh, good, <laughs> good. I don't know. You know what I mean? But sounds good. Perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to breeder. So that's what's happening. That's great. Awesome. Um, so how did you get to where you are today? Like, um, what did you do any, um, formal education to get where you are or mentor under somebody or what's the situation? Yeah. You're asking me that cause I'm a balance train and the belief is balance trainers don't have education, right? That's what this is. Yeah. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> I figured so, that you're just, you know, one of those people who's like, I've had dogs since I was five. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. That's it. Um, Okay. So, so what happened was I was actually dating a girl about, oh man, I want to say about 14 years ago who lived in Brooklyn and we were dating for about six months and I could get in her apartment because she had two dogs, a German shepherd and a doberman that wouldn't let me in. And this was annoying after the six months. Right. Right. So eventually I, I, I picked up a book called coaching people to train their dogs because I wasn't training these dogs. Right. I didn't realize that this book was a study guide for the CCBT, CCBDT test, right? Uh, which is, you know, that one test that all the, all the dog trainers take, that knowledge assessment test. <laughs> I had no idea it was a study guide. So I'm studying and I learned a lot. And after, you know, that took me to another book, another book. And after about three months, I went for a walk with her and her dogs. And then we did a handoff and I told them to take off and I walked our dogs for about an hour. And then I was, I actually stood by the door and I invited, I walked in and I invited her dogs inside the apartment. And all of a sudden I was staying over now. <laughs> it was amazing. <Nice. laughs> and uh, so that was, that was just, you know, whatever. No, but it was inspiring to me because it's like, oh my God, look what I did. I don't know anything about dogs. And then I started really, because I learned all this stuff. I started training her dogs and I would walk in Brooklyn. I would walk a Doberman and a German Shepherd up the block without a leash and it was the coolest thing in the world. I'd stop, they'd stop, you know, and uh, that inspired me to get some real knowledge, some real education. So I went to the ABC Animal Behavior College, spent a small fortune on that. Is that Tom Davis's? No. Oh, no, that's like a canine educator or something. Yeah, 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 no. Animal, okay, Behavior, Animal Behavior College, the ABC, that's, it's pretty well known, uh, you know, school for dog trainers. Yeah. And then I, that, but it was, it wasn't nothing really you learn the basics, but the thing about when you get educated in like a dog training school, that's your foundation. That's not, that's not, that's not the end. You know, you have to really learn from there. And uh, yeah, after that was, I want to say for about 10 years, 
until about three years ago, everything was books, books, books. I didn't, I've never seen a trainer on YouTube. I never, you know, went to a seminar or workshop. I didn't know any trainers. Everything was just books. So when you, but all the books I read was about animal behavior, about neuroscience. It was, there wasn't much about, um, you know, this technique or that technique. So I was coming up with my own stuff until I'd say about three years ago, I went to an actual workshop and met dog trainers. And then I, you know, kind of got involved with more of the dog training community. But a lot, a lot of the stuff I do is very different because the way I learned was very different. I think a lot of, a lot of people right now learn from each other, if that makes sense. So there's a different difference when you're learning from somebody else, their techniques and their methods, or when you're creating your own, you know, it's going to look a lot different. Yeah, definitely. So once you started kind of making a community with other dog trainers, did you start implementing other methods that people were using as well? I did. As like- yeah, I, I did. I, uh, you know, I didn't, well, I, I'll be honest. I got made fun of a lot for the methods I was using. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Is, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I did a lot of, I, I let dogs chase me a lot and other people would laugh at me like other dog trainers I'm friends with now would make fun of me. And now they'd be like, Oh my God, that's such a, you know, but, um, and there's a, there's a lot of things I did, you know, you well, you see on my uh, social media, there's some things that you're like, people are like, what the hell, where'd you come up with this? You know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, but, but there's absolutely other things. Like I never used an elevated place, the elevated dog bed. I was like, Oh my God, that makes it so much easier. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I just started using platforms just a few weeks ago and I really, really like it. <laughs> it's amazing. So it I'm is. like, man, I wish I knew about this. So there's, yeah, there's a ton of things that I, that I got from other people, but my, my programs and everything I do is really is obviously it's, it's not, um, it's not from anybody else. That's my baby. That's what I do. Okay, great. Yeah. The um, platform did not seem intuitive to me. Like in my head, I was like, well, how would you generalize those things? but it's actually pretty easy to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty logical. So what, what do you, what, what kind of stuff do you think your listeners would want to know? Um, so what I was hoping to talk to you about today, which is what we're moving into is the importance of play. Um, because Laura and I don't like, neither of us really implement play in our training. And I know that you implement it a lot and it's something that I'm really interested in. And I've been trying to just kind of like wing it, like do like bastardized versions of it. Like, Oh, I think maybe if I inserted some play here, that might be more fun. I'm using it for leash walking with my own personal dog, but I don't, you know, I don't really have a framework for what exactly you do. So that's kind of what I was hoping to talk about today. Okay. Sounds good. So play to me, to me, I feel like it's, it's, it's one of the most important ways to teach. Okay. Now, if you think about it, let's take it like, let's, let's take us as children and how we would want to learn, right? Come like, what, tell me something. I mean, something we learned to do, you know I mean? As far as what our parents wanted, right. And how did they teach us? You know, and one, one example I, I give all the time is my mom taught me, I have to clean my room. I did it right. I didn't like it. It was boring, you know, taught me to do dishes, you know, I didn't like it. But if my mom came over to me and when I was seven years old and she's like, Brett, we're going to play this game. Right. And I'm like, all right, what's the game? All right. You're going to take all the stuff on the floor. I'm going to throw it in this, you're going to throw it in that basket. I'm going to throw it in this basket. Whoever has the most stuff in the basket wins. Go. And all of a sudden we do this and we play. Oh my God. And then all of a sudden she's making fun of me because she's beating me and this and that. And we do this every other day. And then when I'm like 10 years old, my mom's like, yo, this game that we've been playing, 
It's called clean your fucking room. <laughs> Are you kidding me? My mom be like, Brett, clean your fucking room. I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm going to get that. And, I'm, and I'd love it, right? So, and the same thing goes with like, take anybody who loves cooking. Why? Oh, my mom, my dad, whatever. We used to sing and we dance and listen to music, cooking. It's like meditation of me. It makes me think, yeah, no, that wasn't my life. Someone would scream me, who, pay, who burnt the fucking potatoes? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. You know, so my, <laughs> my and I, I, I don't want to cook. So right now I have a cleaning lady. I order meal prep. I don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't. And because it wasn't fun. So that brings us to our dogs. If I tell my dog to sit and half, half the people are like, sit, like, what the, what the hell is that? And it was that fun. <laughs> was that fun? Did, did your dog enjoy that? Well, the, the, the truth is, is if I get my dog to really love everything, well, it's probably easy to get my dog to do it. <laughs> right. For me, I'm playful and I, I, I love, that's how I love to learn. I'd love to, if, if, if learning was fun, well, then I'm in, I'm in, right? So, so that's why I think, aside from other reasons, but the main thing is I, I want to teach through play because it's just easier that way. And, if, and then you could transfer that over to real life. Yeah. So I've heard you talk about um, the different kinds of play before. So how do you insert those like in, into, mm. into your training? So basically, the first thing that, that I think everybody needs to understand with play, right? Number one, we need to play in a dog's preference. So a lot of us don't understand our dog's preference, right? So there's six stages of play. There's fight, chase, stalk, celebrate, search, consume, Okay. These stages of play, a lot of times, if we, if we think about how dogs play with each other, it's always, it's, it, it, it replicates all those six things. You know, there, if you play tug with the dog, you're going to see those things, right? We, a lot of times, go to play with the dog and we, we just pick one of those things, maybe. And maybe that's not the dog's preference. Maybe the right. dog likes this. Maybe you need to start with a stalk instead of just push your dog. Or, you know, for example, if I take a toy and I shove it in front of my dog's face, the dog's like, the hell, what do I do with this? But if I sit here, but if I sit here and lack, like you can't have it and I'm running away with it, dogs make, give me that. And all of a sudden it changes the game. You know, people think it's magic, but the thing is, is, you know, something as simple, like the one thing that I tell people that, that have dogs that say, my dog won't play. The biggest advice I give them is start with your dog chasing you. Mm -hmm. Start with dog chasing you. You know, your dogs, once your dog's chasing you, drop to the ground, have food in your hand, roll over. Dog's going to try to get the food out of your ground. Now you're kind of rustling. Now you're almost in like a, you know, a search, you know, you went from chase to search, two forms of play. Does this make sense? Yeah. So, so that being said, you can actually create what's called emotional modulation, right? Where I can sit here and say a word. Let's say I say, Ready? And every time I say ready, I start playing with my dog. Right? We talked about this, right? Or did we? Uh, I, I don't know if we did, but it's interesting that you used that word just now because um, I'm working with my dog through thunderstorms and we had a big one today. And he knows that if I say ready, I'm about to throw a treat in the air so that he can jump up and get yes. it. And so he's like, 
you know, he'll put his tail down when the thunder goes. But then when I say ready, his tail comes back up and then he looks at me and then he gets, you know, a treat thrown at him. So I, I, so what I actually do is I say ready before every time I play. Okay. Right. So I go ready and then to play ready and then play. And to be honest with a lot of dogs that are really, really emotional, I say ready before anything good happens. So even if like, like, you know, uh, someone was about to walk in the door and they're like, Hey, Brett, I'm about to walk in. I'll say ready. And then all of a sudden the door will get knocked on. Dog like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? So I sit here, always do ready before, um, before play, but then I'll say enough at the end of play. And then I just stop playing. You do both of those right there for three weeks. Guess what's going to happen. You're going to say ready. Your dog's going to give you undivided attention, no matter what environment's in. Mm-hmm. Right. If you do, if you play in each environment, by the way, um, <clears throat> You say enough, your dog in three weeks, <clears throat> if you're consistent, will just relax. Hmm. We do this all the time with dogs, right? And then obviously obedience. I'm not big on, I mean, I don't really go crazy with obedience, but obedience through play. You know what I mean? There's, there's nothing better than teaching a dog who's having fun when to calm down, when to start, when, you know, when you, when you sit here, and have your dog thinking, it's, it's unbelievably beneficial for the dog. When a dog is in a problem-solving state, they're not fearful. They're not panicking. They're not frustrated. They're problem-solving, right? So when you're playing with your dog, make it so your dog's trying to figure, make it, make it so there's a goal and your dog's trying to figure out what the goal is, mm. right? Whether the goal is to take the tug from you, whether the goal is to chase the ball. The problem that we do a lot with our dogs if we're throwing, if we're playing fetch, we throw the ball, the dog comes back, gets the ball. We throw the ball, the dog comes back. And it's just repetitive. And the dog's having fun, right? But if I throw the ball, dog comes back. I fake it. Dog runs. I throw it the other way. Dog's like, where to go? I'm like, I don't know. You got to find it. Eventually, dog finds it. Now I go, I go to throw to fake it. Dog's like, nope, I'm not, I'm not taking my eyes off you. An airplane comes by, right? Dog's like, I don't care what's coming by. I'm not taking my eyes off you. Then you throw up in your dog's like, whoa, you know what I mean? So my point is you get the dog thinking. If you're playing with your dog and your dog's not using its brain, trying to figure something out, that's no difference than stepping over a hundred dollar bill to pick up a quarter. That's a really good phrase. Take it, (laughs) keep it. You know what I mean? All your listeners claim it, but so, but that's, but that's what it is because not, not, you don't want an adrenaline dump. You want a dog because here's the deal. If the dog is sitting here problem solving, trying to figure things out, you're activating, you know, the cerebral cortex, right? You put a dog in a problem solving state, right? Nala, that's, uh, meanwhile, my dog jumps up on my, so, <laughs> but, but again, it's, it's great because you're getting away from all those bad emotions that you don't want your dog to have. And you're creating a better. there's no better way to bond and teach than play. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't have dogs that play. Yeah. I mean, seriously, when, how often do we play with our dogs? We don't. Now, now, if you do have a dog that plays, here's what I'm going to say. Your dog has something to look forward to. Because your do- if your dog plays, your dog likes it, right? It enjoys the play. So, so what I want, what I want is everybody to sit here and say, what does my dog look forward to? What does my dog look forward to? Now, let's, we're, let's say we say, oh, my dog looks forward to food. That's well, great. You put in a bowl, now it's gone. Right. That was, that was one minute of your dog looking forward to it. You could have made it seven if you made your dog work for the food with enrichment, not nothing stressful, right? But the bottom line is give your dog something to look forward to. Dopamine is the anticipation of something good. 
let your dog anticipate when are we going to play, right? Mm-hmm. And that's so that's a really important distinction that you just made. So like dopamine is not through the play; it's through anticipate anticipation no. of the play. Absolutely, absolutely no. But dopamine is. Let me tell you something. Christmas presents on the Christmas tree. That is dopamine through the entire Christmas season, right? That is when I sit here and I say to a dog, yes, dopamine spikes, right? When I click the clicker, dopamine spikes. When does the dopamine go away? Once the food is gone. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) You know, so it's not something good. It's the anticipation of something good. And we want, we want that. We want our dog to anticipate something good. And, and I, I, I challenge everybody to say, what does your dog anticipate that something good? And you coming home may not be what you think it is. And I don't want to break hearts, mm. but we come home, we're like, my baby! And our, my, your dog is literally looking at you like, oh my God, this is the worst day of my life. Where were you? I'm freaking out over here. Wagging his tail, shaking his butt, freaking jumping up on you. And you're like, oh, my baby. My dog is like, holy shit, don't ever leave me again. That's a huge misunderstanding right there. Mm. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying your dog's not happy to see you, but a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times it's more of a stress relief rather, rather than anything else. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it, it makes us feel great because our dog's happy to see us, but no dog likes to be alone. Right. We're lying to ourselves if we believe that. Yeah. Right. So when we come home, that's a stress relief. Not, a dog isn't excited for three hours anticipating us coming home. That's not exactly the dopamine we're, we're talking about. So the bottom, but the bottom line is, it, 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 we, that's, not, that's not the type of, um, that's not what we're looking for when we're talking about our dog looks forward to something good. It's, it's, more, it's, more in a, it's more in the terms of enrichment. Per se. And so would you, you call know, like the, you know, when you come home from work and they're experiencing that stress relief, that's more of like a removal of something bad, not like an addition of something good. Is that kind of what you're saying? <laughs> that's negative reinforcement right there. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a force free trainer, don't ever come home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> or don't leave, pick one or go with, no, I'm only kidding. But, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'd say. But the bottom line is dogs need enrichment. Personal play is enrichment. And the, the confusing part is that, and I just did a post on this that, you know, went viral and everybody attacked me. <laughs> Playing tug with your dog. No, they, they wait, wait, the one me. with the German they Shepherd? Play- oh. oh my God, I got attacked. Over what? Bad. Everybody assumed that I meant tug is not play. And I'm like that I said, and I wrote in big letters. Yeah. Sometimes it's not always play. Sometimes the dog is just obsessed and everybody attacking me. Like so many people. And I was just like, did you read what I Thank said? I, I literally so, remember like watching that post and thinking how well explained it was. Like there were letters over it. <laughs> like- <laughs> I, me and you both. But I, I, you know, it got, it got about a half a million views already. And it's been three days. And uh, when you get a half million views, you see, I guess there's a lot of people that don't read. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. But now I know. So, but basically what happens is, you know, if you're playing tug with a dog, right, that's great. But some dogs, some dogs, I get, they're more obsessed with it and claiming it rather than playing with you. They may be playing with the toy, 
but they're not playing with you. And I don't even want to say they're playing with you. Like some of them are just trying to take the toy so they can get away with it. And we yeah. don't notice We're like, Oh, and then our dog doesn't come back. And then we try to go get the toy and our dog, some dogs like grabs a toy and moves. I'm not saying the dog is maybe the dog's inviting us for a chase right. and switching the game that could happen. But some of them, no, they just did. I, I want to, you know, it's a prey drive. It's a genetic response. If you wave something in front of a dog, it's a natural genetic response, not all dogs, but a genetic response for them to go after it. Now, if your dog's not going after it, well, that's another issue then. Then maybe you have a fearful dog, mm. you know, that doesn't want to move forward. You know what I mean? Or maybe you just have a dog that's just, you know, no prey drive. But it's very, very common for these dogs to go after these tough toys, you know, or the ball or whatever it is, right? And, um, and, and I mean, how many of us have we throw the ball, the dog won't give it back? Yeah, well, I was I was actually just going to ask you about that because I've taught my dog to bring the ball back to me. And now I'm wondering, you know, like, is that even how he wants to play with me? Because I had to teach him to do that. Right. Like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so the natural way would be I throw the ball. Right. And then I take off. <laughs> Once the dog gets the ball, I take off. Dog's like, whoa, wait a minute. Now dog's chasing me with the ball. And then I, I go down and dog's like, you know. Okay, dog drops the ball, I throw it again. We, what happens is we try to take the ball and the dog's like, ooh, I can play this game. And the dog won't let go. Now, you, now the dog learned this is a new game we play, right? right? And it's called tug, but you're using a ball, right? right. It's like, oh, man. that's so. But again, there's so, there's so many variables here. And, and the best thing for us to do is really, really let – really understand that you want your dog to play with you, right? So if you're going to do a competition game with your dog where I'm trying to get this from you, well, then, uh, then, then, then you, you need trust. Your dog needs to trust you before that happens. You know, you need to let your dog win and win and win and win again. Mm. You know, uh, one, of the, one of the things that I learned from somebody else, and I'll say I learned from somebody else, is have the leash on your dog, right? When you're playing tug mm. and then play and then also let the dog win and then be exciting. You're not forcing the dog to be with you, but pet your dog, caress your dog, and then invite the dog to play again. Eventually the dog's going to play again. And then you play and play, let the dog win. But instead of letting the dog get away, you have a leash on the dog. So keep, keep it close, keep it fun, keep it warm, keep it exciting, but the dog can't run away from you. Because if the dog runs away from you, eh, then the game's over, you know? But if I could keep this dog here and, you know, just pet the dog, pet the dog, and all of a sudden, grab the toy, and oh, my God, and it, it wins. Eventually, the dogs just say, dude, kicking your ass at this game is the best thing ever. I want to keep doing it. And then what's going to happen after a few weeks? I'm going to destroy my dog in that game. <laughs> <laughs> and that, But you have to. You have to. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the problem is with a lot of people – and I, I hope your listeners get some value out of this, but, or you do. One of the biggest mistakes we do in tug is we don't commit to the game, right? When I'm playing tug with the dog and I'm just like, oh yeah, you got it, you got it, yay, you won, right? I may get bit. I've been bit because of that. I've actually been, I have bite because the dog was like, are you freaking kidding me? Now, when the dog bit me, it wasn't biting me because it was wanted to attack me. 
I didn't commit to the game. I didn't act like I was really trying. And I gave the dog. So the dog bit my arm. You know what happened when the dog bit my arm? I went, God, give me that. And the dog was like, oh, you committed to that game. I grabbed something you cared about. Right. And all of a sudden now the dog's now the dog's trying to grab my arm because it knows that the game is more fun. And if, you know, when you sit here and you're con- competing with somebody and they just keep letting you in, you don't even want to play with them. It's frustrating. Hmm. Well, that creates frustration with dogs when you don't care about the game. You take a ball and you throw it for my dog like a lazy person. My dog will look at the ball, look at you, and lay down. <laughs> and I, I, I've had people look at me and be like, what was that? Like, oh, what, why didn't you know? I said, that was a bitch-ass throw. My dog did not respect your throw. You need to launch that ball. <laughs> you need to, like, my dog, I'm not running for that. What do you think this is, right? So nine years old, she's still like that, right? You sit here and don't play tug with your dog. Like you commit. Don't expect your dog to commit. You know what the number, you know what the number one time I see a tug game is with people that don't know how to play with their dogs. You ever see a dog biting a leash? Yeah. What, what happens when the owner bite, when a dog bites leash, the owner's trying to get it back, yep. right? <laughs> what, what does that look like? Uh, guess what? The dog just decided it's playing a game with you. Right. And it's a game you, you it's a game you probably sucked at, but you're really good at right here because we care about the leash. You're like, no, get off. Dog's like, oh, I got it. You know? Yeah. That's tug. You want to you want to fix that problem? Teach your dog tug, teach the out, you got yourself a ball game. So that's how do it. you feel about um when people say, like, if you teach your dog how to play tug, then that's going to like make them more aggressive? Well, that's funny you say that because. First of all, those people um, need help. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. No, here's the deal. Um, I, 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 those people that say that are not educated because, number, but, but at the same time, we need to understand that tug could create frustration, hmm. right? With the wrong dog. But there's no better way to relationship build and teach obedience and, and, and connect your dog and emotional modulation. Because if I could sit here and teach the easy command, which you're playing talk, you're playing talk, oh, you're going all of a sudden you, you, you relax your body easy. Right. And then, and after three weeks of doing that, you know, your dog's barking, your dog's barking and you go easy. Your dog's like, Oh, okay. What? You mean I just fixed barking through tug? Oh, interesting. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Play. You got to start, an easy, and a stop. Think about life. <laughs> like, if that doesn't transfer to life, like already, an easy, and enough, how many different situations? My dog's out in the field. Ready? My dog races to me because that means good things are happening. I just got a recall and I didn't even try. Hmm. Like, I didn't even know what's happening, right? Yeah. Easy. I mean, how many times my dog's sitting here getting excited? Easy. Dog's like, okay, you know, and enough, enough. I mean, so when I say enough, by the way, the game's over. I give my dog a massage and I put my dog in a crate. Okay. That's it. So enough predicts relaxation. That's it. That's what you do. Cause I always enough when my dog comes down, give my dog a parasympathetic massage, put my dog in a crate. So yeah. the function of that play is like, it's not only for mental enrichment, but it's also for like almost a self-regulation, like teaching self-regulation to the dog. 
I, I use the term emotional modulation, right? It helps me if I sit here and I say a word and the word triggers an emotion, I know that I know I'm going to create an emotion after I say this word. I'm going to go ready and I'm going to create the dog excited. I'm going to go enough and I'm going to make the dog relax. Eventually, the word is going to trigger the emotion. Hmm, okay. Does that make sense? Did I say that clear enough? Yeah, no? yeah. Um, I'm having okay. a, a hard time wrapping my head around it, but I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah. So, ba- I mean, basically, in a nutshell, if every time a dog hears a click, it gets food, it hears a click, it gets excited. Every time the dog hears enough, I'm going to give an example. What I do with my clients is I, I make them say enough right before the dog's about to lay down. Okay. Want, so if your dog comes in your home, does three zoomies, then it lays down. One, two, three, four, five. Enough, right? An awesome dog lays down, right? It, it, I'm, if I could do that enough, eventually I'm going to go enough and the dog's just going to relax, right? If I say the word ready, every time something good happens, I'm going to say ready, it's going to be a conditioned response, right? Let's, and we don't, we don't take life take advantage of life happening, right? So like, for example, if grandma's about to knock on the door, text me, hey, I'm in the driveway. Okay, right before grandma knocks the door, ready? And all of a sudden grandma knocks. If I drop an entire freaking bag of treats, your natural response is, oh no, and you grab the dog by the collar and dog's like, oh my God, right? Trying to get it. If you want to be smart, you go, ready? And then the dog's going to be like, fuck yeah, right? (laughs) You just conditioned that response to like, when I hear ready, that could be a whole bag of treats falling. That is so interesting because so the way that um, I usually condition things like the doorbell or or whatever is it's like doorbell first and then it's followed up by whatever, you know, but you're doing it opposite. So you're like kind of getting that dog in the emotional mood and then having the the doorbell noise. I'm going to go ready and then the excitement happens. Yeah. Not the excitement and then the cute. Yeah, no, it's, it's. Yeah, because I want that word to predict greatness. Yeah. Okay. In every time, you and, and you know, you know what, you know what, um, my dog, uh, somebody threw snaps at my dog last year and traumatized her. She wouldn't walk at it. I had to carry her out the house. Apartment it was so bad because, and it was right at my front door. So I had to really, I, I record. I actually, uh, if you go on my Instagram on the story highlights, uh, Nala's journey, you see the entire rehabilitation I did with my dog. Right. The one thing that you don't see. I use a slip lead with my dog, right? Or a martingale. I don't really use a prong collar, right? Not that I'm against them, but I don't. What I did was we went to the pet store. I took off the slip lead, right? We stood in front of the pet store. Made the only thing she's excited to go to, which is up the block from me, right? We stood in front of it and I didn't let her go in. I, and I changed it into the prong collar. And as soon as I went to the prong collar, you know, I would go ready. And then we, I would race in the pet store and the pet store would give him a treat. We'd go outside. I'd put the martingale back on. We'd hang out for 10 minutes. I'd put the prong collar on and I'd go, ready? And we'd go in, right? Um, or I'd, I'm sorry, I'd say ready and then put the prong on, right? Okay. Ready and then put the prong on. Eventually, you know, we'd go home the next day. We'd do it again. We'd do it again. Eventually, I did it from 30 feet from the pet store, 40 feet from the pet store, 50 feet. Then all of a sudden, up the block from the pet store. Then I did it for my apartment. Hmm. The only thing that my dog would go outside on without being fearful was a prong collar because the prong predicted we're going to the pet store. That's interesting. So, yeah. So you can condition, and, and I use the pet store. 
I mean, how often do we sit here, stop in front of a pet store and, and, and give a verbal market? I mean, something great's going to happen. We don't. Right. Use the pet store, <laughs> right? You know, use the pet store. And then if you want to sit here and, and, uh, and you, you know, use the vet as punishment. No. Anytime <laughs> I say no, you go to the vet. <laughs> you know, stand in front of the vet and say no. Dogs might go, no, no. You say no, I'm shutting down. You know what I mean? People think you beat your dog after you said no. <laughs> so my, but my, my, my point is use life, right? Take advantage of it. So I have a question about your enough. So I think that I can articulate what I'm not wrapping my head around. Like in my mind, if I'm um, teaching my dog, like when I say enough, we're done playing and then you have to settle down. Like to me, I just imagine her just getting super frustrated by that word, like not really getting into the, like the no, settle, no, no. Okay. you know? All right. So here's what happens. I'm playing talk with my dog, right? I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. I never say enough when my so, okay, all right, let me back it up. Fight, stalk, chase are high RPMs of play. So if you're driving a car, fight, stalk, and chase are 70 to 90 miles an hour. Okay. Search, celebrate, consume, well, that's your school zone. Okay. You know what I mean? That's like 25 and under. You with me? I'm not going to be going 95 miles an hour fighting with my dog through tug and go, enough. No. I'm going to let my dog win. My dog's going to what? What's my dog going to do? Celebrate. We're in school zone, right? Celebrate. Maybe consume, right? We're still in cool zone. And I'm going to go, enough. And I have the dog on the leash. And the dog's just looking at the toy. I don't take the toy. Because now if I do, I'm an asshole. I do, we just stand there. I go, enough. Until the dog's like, all right, I guess, that's, I guess we're done. And as soon as the dog's done... I bring my dog to the side. I give my dog a massage. I put my dog in a crate and then we, we relax. Okay. So you're not just abruptly halting play, but you're making Actually not. it, you're making it like kind of boring. So like the play ends and then you're boring. And then the dog is like, okay, well now I don't Kill the play. toy. Okay. Exactly. It's so easy for, but we do it all the time. We make ourselves boring all the time. You can't do it now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you've been boring this dog's whole life. Be boring now. Just do what you used to do. <laughs> Sorry. That's really that's terrible. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. All right. So, yeah, that's, 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 I mean, that's what's up. So, and, 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 and play, there's so much more to it. You know, play with your dog at home, play with your dog in different environments. We want to, we want to wonder why our dog won't focus us, focus with, focus on us yeah. on the walk. Yeah. When's the last time you played with your dog on the walk? Right. Break your walk down, right? The first 10 minutes are just nothing. Let your dog sniff and pee and make whatever your dog's got to do. Then maybe do a little obedience stuff for some treats. Yeah. Then play with your dog, you know, or run go for a sprint, move at your dog's pace. The problem is we go for walks, our dog, and we fight with our dog. Stop fighting with your dog. Play with your dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's we do. That's what happens. Yeah. It's been really fun kind of trying to incorporate play into my leash training. It's a, I have a dog who's 11 months old. We did a lot of leash work when she was a puppy. And now she's at the age where like, she's like, I don't know anything that you've ever taught me before. And so we're kind of relearning all of that stuff. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, it's really, it's fun to like kind of insert play. Like we do some like scatter searches on the ground. I have her like touch, you know, do her touch, touch my hand and whatever. And she has a lot more fun than when we're just turning around, like doing one eighties over and over, you know? So I don't, I don't like doing the one eight. I, I do the one eighties. Right. But I'm going to be honest when I do a one eighty, I'm not, I'm not kind about it. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I do what I do the one eighty thing with dogs that are really, really like not engaged and they're almost a danger. Hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm doing a 180 to trick the dog. You know what I mean? So I, I don't, I don't, I know. And I know the one eighties, everybody else does. Other than that, I don't, I don't really see. And again, maybe, maybe people are, are really getting benefit out. I don't see huge value in it. Yeah. Right. Because I, I, unless, unless you're literally turning around and you honestly clothesline a dog, dog's like, Oh my God, I better pay attention to you. I'm not that little turnaround thing. It's not bad, but you're not getting the best bang for your buck. And I'm not recommending everybody clothesline their dog either, because that's not, that's not, that's not part of my leash walking program. Right. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what I love to do. I walk my dog with a, with, with, uh, with a, uh, three foot lead, a six foot leash. And I have somebody else 30 feet from me holding a long line. And the second that dog doesn't engage with me, Right. I drop the leash and I take off and the dog's like, whoa, what are you doing? Now it's chasing me. What's chase stage of play. Yeah. Right. And now, now, now the dog can't catch me. And when the dog catches me, I give him some food. Now we're walking, we're walking, walking, walking. And all of a sudden I, bah, I take off. I was like, what the hell? Guess what? After four reps, you know what happens? <laughs> you got a perfect heel. Yeah. They're looking at you. <laughs> like, they're like, what are you going to do now? <laughs> they're like, they're like, well, you're, when are you going to take off? When are you going to take off? But I make sure I want I want my dog to see a trigger. And I'm like, I'm out. Dog's like, oh my God. Now again, you can't just do that. You have to have a good relationship with your dog. Cause some dogs are just like, oh, you go. I'm gonna check this out. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so yeah. So you have to I, I, that's at like uh one of the stages of my one of the phases of my of my programs. But for the leash walking, I find more value than that than the 180. And I'm gonna tell you why. Human humans walk two to three miles an hour, dogs walk five to seven miles an hour. Dog. You know, human dogs feel a connection with you within with over a hundred feet, primal breeds even more. Humans we lose connection after six feet, which is the length of a leash. If me and you were walking down the street and I start standing seven feet away from me, you're gonna be like, Well, this is awkward. <laughs> right? Like, what the hell? If we you know if, we, if you and your husband go to movies together and he seats three seats away, you're gonna be like, Babe, I don't feel like I'm with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is this and he's gonna be like, Why? Our dog would be fine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Do you see what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so my point is, we don't agree on on pace or proximity or social distancing, right? And we're in a fight. Yeah. Right. 180s ain't helping that. Right. And I'm not saying 180s a bad. Thing. A quarter's good. A quarter's good, but a quarter ain't even gonna buy you a soda. Right drop the leash you get yourself a steak and lobster dinner you know that's it that's the money but again there's more to it no why don't you sit here and jog move at your dog's pace slow down sprint slow down walk you know jump over something under something through something your dog's like where are we going where are we going where are we going you know on the steps, off the steps, around the cone, through this. And all of a sudden your dog's like, dude, I've been following you this entire time. Where are you going next? And you're like, we're just going to go straight. So he's like, all right, you sure, you sure, yeah. You do all this stuff 
Your dog's used to, you got to teach your dog to follow you, then add the leash. Yeah. Again, I'm, this, is, this is me. I'm sure there's other ways. I'm just saying this is my way. Yeah, I really like that a lot. I'm I'm just a really linear, like structured person. And so to me, it just really makes sense mm-hmm. to like start super small, you know, treat for this, treat for that, and then expand it, expand it, expand it. But um, actually when I was learning, all of my dog knowledge basically came from Laura, my co-host. And one of the first things that she taught me when I was learning how to do loose leash walking was she was like, just make it, make yourself super interesting. Like there's there's no reason for your dog to follow you if you're just like, okay, well, I'm going to go on a walk and be on my phone, you know? So she's like, change directions, change speeds, like make it really fun for your dog. And then you have that engagement, which is a lot more fun, but yes. it's just not how I would organically think to do it. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, what I, what I tell people a lot is make yourself interesting at home. If you're smothering your dog 24 hours around the clock and also your dog goes outside, that's literally like, like a, high school kid bringing his girlfriend to the beach and his girlfriend be like, why are you looking at everybody else? And, you know, he's like, um, babe, I, I know <laughs> I don't see this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, uh, babe, I know this is awkward, but I'm 17 years old. Like this is, this is new to me. You know? So my, my point We've is. We've never had a man on our know, podcast before. <laughs> sorry. This is what, I, I don't even know if this is how guys talk. I, I just, this is what I thought. It's the first thing I thought of. But anyway, so, but, but you get the point. My point is you smother your dog 24 hours around the clock and all of a sudden you go outside, your dog's like, oh my God, leave, bag flying, bicycle, squirrel. And then you're just like, you're like, Coco, look at me. Coco's like, dude, you've been smothering, you've been up my ass for like three days. <laughs> like, I don't get to see leaves. Yeah. You know, what are you going to say to Coco then? You're going to be like, uh, I guess, yeah, let's go smother leaves. So it's hard to be interesting at that point. So you have to be interesting at home too. And where do we do that? Play. (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting. When I think about my cats, like I will kind of bend over backwards to try to play in a way that they'll play with me. But like with my dogs, I think it's just a lot easier to say like, oh, I guess you're not playful. You know, when I I could like really be making a lot more of an effort. It's but, But understand that not all dogs play. It's like an emotion, right? So not all dogs have that emotion activated. What what people need to understand, curiosity is the bridge to play. If you don't have a curious dog, you will not have a playful dog. Done. That's it. Curiosity is the bridge to play. The seeking system is the bridge to the play system. But we'll say the word curiosity because it's easier. So if you were going to give someone advice about like building that kind of like play muscle with their dog... What kind of things would you tell them? You're going to have to get your dog curious as mu- curious about you as much as possible. And that's, that's the bottom line. But that's, but that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? Just, just make sure your dog is curious about everything in life. And then a curious dog will be a playful dog. So is that something like, you know, if I'm trying to get one of my puppies attention, I'll take a squeak toy and I'll turn around and like hold it up at my chest and squeak it. And so then they're like, where was, where did that come from? Is that what you were mentioning? It's when not, you're yeah, that? that's novel. Absolutely. That's novelty. When we make a high pitched voice, that's novelty. You know what I mean? Anything not like any novelty dogs will be like, what is that? You ever see a dog turn and said like, wow, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's curious. And you want that, you want that curiosity, you know, because that's so healthy. You want to see a curious dog, watch the dog, try to, you want to, you want to really test your relationship with your dog and know where you're at. 
look at your dog. Notice when your dog comes over to you and wants to, wants to be pet. You stop what you're doing. You pet your dog, right? You're working. You stop. You kind of pet your dog. You're sitting here. You're cuddling with your significant other. Dog jumps on the bed. You make room for the dog. You're, if your dog sleeps on your bed, you sleep on an angle depending on where your dog is, right? Okay? Like a bed has never been so small, right? Then when you do all that and you realize that your dog gets you any time at home, I want you to then walk your dog, allow your dog to smell piss on the side of a tree or a building, and then call your dog. Hmm. See, where see, see where your relationship is then, okay? <laughs> because <laughs> nothing will pull that dog away from that building or tree. The bottom line is that. That is curiosity. Okay? okay. That is that is curiosity at its finest. You know what I mean? And you want you, but you want that. You want your dog to be like, what is this? What is this? Because but you want that about you almost. So your dog, you, you know, your dog will be like, I'm not going away from this guy. I'm curious. You ever have a friend come over and your dog's like, I'm not leaving this guy alone? Yeah. He, he kind of he's interesting. He smells like dog, he smells like cat, he smells like 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 a ha- uh, well, I don't know what, you know what I mean. That that's kind of what you're looking for. Okay. And um, so I just I'll wrap up this segment just because we've been talking a while and I want to let you get back to your day. Yeah. But um, but so the benefits of play, like you've got your dog is more fulfilled. Do you feel like it's relationship building between you and your dog? And then you can kind of insert it into training as well. So the benefits of play in a nutshell is number one, enrichment. Number two, relationship building. Number three you will actually, without talking too much about it, you're going to keep your dog away from being fearful, frustrated, if you do it right, you know, uh, panicky. Like, it's just, it's, it's an emotion that you want. The more, the, the, and, and just, you know, oxytocin is released in the dog's brain when a dog has, has happy moments with you, per se. Mm. Okay? You play with your dog, those are happy moments, right? It's not cuddling. Just saying that that's not, that's not when the oxytocin is, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, you know, it, it, play is powerful. Nothing, nothing, nothing more valuable play than enri- for, for enrichment, relationship building, obedience, and teaching. That's it. Done. There it is. You heard it here on the Dog Redevelop podcast. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so do you mind? I have um, some four signature questions to end the episode. Is that all right? Do you have yeah, time for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I got it. Let's do that. Okay, awesome. So um, first thing that I want to ask you, if there was one thing that you could get every single dog owner to understand, what would it be? Something we could get every single dog uh, to understand. Dog owner. Would dog owner to understand. It would just, honestly, it would just be simple as, as every day. I, I, just to be conscious about what does your dog look forward to? You know, what does your dog look forward to? You know, what, what, uh, treat your dog and your dog's preference. You know, that doesn't mean if your dog doesn't want to go in the crate, you don't bring in a crate, but there's certain things that we can do. Right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. What does your dog look forward to? Cause it needs to be balanced. That would be that. And then what event in your career has been the most impactful on you? That's a good question, actually. All right. All right. The first aggressive dog I ever worked with, I was, I was extremely nervous. It was a pit bull with a mailbox head. It was a monster. And I didn't know. And I'll be honest, I think I charged $55. It was that long ago. And that's my experience level. <laughs> you know, so, so um, it was really embarrassing. So I went there and I, I knocked it out the park. It was a great session. Like I got them on, a, on like a program and it was just, 
it was one, it was one of the most happiest things. And then I called up a buddy of mine who was in the same situation. He was dealing with an aggressive pit bull as well, you know, and it was his first pit bull. We both went to that ABC school together. Right. And, um, we were new dog trainers and I called him up the next day to tell him how happy I was. Cause it was just so cool that, that I, I feel like I, I nailed it. Right. And, and they have more sessions with me. And he called me up to tell me he didn't go see that dog because they couldn't afford him. Mm. So I immediately said, how much do you charge? And he said, I was charging 300. I was like, who do you think you are? You don't even know if you're going to help this dog. So I called them up and I was going to charge them 125, right? The dog had, you know, it was whatever. And I, because I was now confident, right? Right. And, um, and she, uh, I called her probably like three days after and she already euthanized the dog. Mm. So that was probably the most impactful thing of my entire career. And for, and she was crying and I, I felt terrible. And for that reason, I've always made my prices extremely affordable. Mm. You know, it's always, it's always, you know, if you get somebody with my experience, I'm, I'm, I'm charging less than, less than my competitors, hands down, you know, that are, at, that are, that are at my experience, that are at my tier. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, there's, I'm hands down charging much less than them because I, do, I don't want, I don't want a dog put down because they could afford me. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, but uh, ever since then, and even if somebody can't, I do payment plans. I do all kinds of things, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, that, that, that right there was probably the most impactful thing in my entire career. And that was at the beginning of it mm-hmm. 14 years ago. And, and it stuck with you to now. Yeah. There's no question. I think about it now. You know, and, and the, the challenge with that, by the way, is if people don't pay money, a lot of times they don't invest, they don't feel like they make an investment and they don't put in the work that, so I've had, I've had many clients that, you know, that could afford more, don't pay more and they don't put in the work, you right. know, um, which is, and that's, that's whatever, but I see that I do see that a lot, but so you have to be careful because you still want to help the dog. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, next question, what has been the biggest mistake you've made working with dogs and what did you learn from it? That's a really, really good question. Um, I think, I think over the years, one of my biggest mistakes was trying was I, and this is at the beginning, um, we grow. I was so focused on me connecting with the dog to help the dog. I didn't realize that. I don't mean, I don't mean shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not about me. It's about the, the dog, the, the, the dog, you know, the, the, the dog's owners, because they're the dog's hero, not me. You have to help the dog, not me. I have to teach you to help that dog. But the bottom line is we need to realize as dog trainers, we're not the heroes. The people that hired us are the heroes. Mm. You know, we're just the director you know, of, the, of the movie. That's it. And uh, that, that, that was, you know, because you, because I, as a young trainer or somebody early in your career, you sit here and they say, well, the dog doesn't do it, you know, do with me the way he does it with you. And I don't want to hear that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so that's why, and that's why my virtual programs took off. Because they'll never say, well, the dog is good with you. You know, it's better with you than he was me. No, you're doing it. You know, the virtual programs took off. So that's, yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's, awesome. that's it. 
Yeah. When you yeah. first kind of start learning how to work with dogs, it's fun. Like you're like, oh, okay. So I get to like work with this new dog and work with this new dog and see like how I can progress things. Exactly. And That's then, exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. Yep. And I remember I went to, I was um, shadowing Laura for a training session and the person like came out and handed her the leash and she went, no, I'm not going to walk your dog. You have to walk your dog. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh my gosh, I yeah. always take the leash. I always do it. You know? Always. There's no, there's, there's times I take the leash because I need to show them or something like that. But, but, you know, in all the aggressive cases, I take the leash, like I'm diffusing a time bomb. I'm not sitting there building a relationship. You're the hero, right? not me. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's really, that's really what it is, you know, but, um, good question, by the way. Awesome. Love it. And then last question for you, where can my listeners find you? Okay. So if you go on my social media, my Instagram, it's who's a good boy underscore industries and TikTok is the same thing. Who's a good boy underscore underscore industries. My website is who's a good boy industries.com. And, um, and if you want to email it's who's a GB at gmail.com. Who's a GB. That's good boy. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Brad. This was really awesome. This was cool. I, I need to, I need to get a microphone like that one because that was really awesome to look at this entire time. And thank you so much for having me. I uh, look forward to listening to all your future guests and uh, no matter what, I'm going to contact them and let them know I was the first. <laughs> you were the first and you drank a glass of water. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Brett. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Doggeritaville Yappy Hour. We hope you enjoyed your time unleashing and unwinding with our special guest. You can support the Doggeritaville podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, following us on Instagram, and becoming a member on patreon.com slash doggeritaville. Email your questions to us at doggeritaville at gmail.com, which is also where you can send your ideas for episodes or margarita themes. And until next time, give your dog a treat from us.